and welcome back to Quality Talks. You're here with Kathy Balding and my special guest today is Glenda Gorry. Hello, Glenda. Hello there. Nice to see you again. We've only just seen you, well, about six weeks ago, I think, Glenda. Mm, indeed. And today we're doing part two of mm. our interview with you, where we're going to continue to explore your encounters and experiences with the health system in a way, unfortunately, that you'd rather not be encountering mm. it as a person with cancer. So Glenda has extremely generously offered to share her experiences with us and she comes at this through a very specific and experienced lens uh, with years of experience as a health professional and policy maker. So once again, Glenda, thank you so much. It's a great pleasure. I appreciate it uh, hugely, as you know. Let's start with where we're at in terms of six weeks has elapsed. I imagine Mm. that that's quite a long time Mm. in the scheme of things at the moment. Mm. Any particular changes in that time? A long time and yet a very quick time at the same same moment. It's funny how time is moving fast and slow at the same time. So now where have we been in the last six weeks? I guess from uh, my care point of view, I've had a few changes in treatment. So I've shifted chemotherapy to a a different regime of Mm -hmm. chemotherapy because I wasn't responding quite the way that they had, had hoped. And I think that uh, the last time I would have had the radiotherapy yes. at that point, but I'm really seeing the effects of that now. Right. So, uh, and, and if my experience of radiotherapy is anything to go by, it's, it's miraculous, in fact, in its ability to uh, deal with things like pain. Is, is that right? Really, truly. It was quite remarkable. It was not quite instantaneous, but mm. certainly within days. Yes. Within days, I was getting an improvement, and um, you know, six weeks down the track, it's it's almost one hundred percent. So uh, that's been a that's been an enormous help because um, the the sort of immobility and misery that comes yes. with with pain is is terribly um, debilitating, and to have that resolved or largely resolved has made a huge difference yes. to to life yes. in general. Well, that is mm. really good to hear. Yes. Really good to hear. Yeah. So in gen- in g- generally, I'm feeling pretty well. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm happy to hear that because yeah. now I'm going to grill you. <laughs> <laughs> Do your worst. <laughs> Do your worst. So you touched there on some uh, treatment regime mm-hmm. uh, changes. Mm-hmm. Are there any observations you'd make about you know, being on the end of mm. clinical care? Yeah. Yeah, yeah there, there are a few things, actually, that were interesting about the shift and some of them go to the assumptions that we make about what people know and don't know Mm -hmm. and so I think when when I first started my first lot of chemo there was an awful lot of effort went into education so you know you had special appointments with people I remember talking about that they talked you through a whole lot of stuff and they gave you information and they showed you, you know, examples of what they were talking about. It was very well done and uh, and there were no surprises. But with the second round, uh, with the second regime, things have changed somewhat. So I, I didn't have any education about this new regime. So I made assumptions that all of the things would be pretty much the same. And I was wrong. I was wrong indeed, which, which actually led to me having probably the first really bad experience, I think I'd yes. say, of, of actually being in the chemotherapy chair. Yes. Um, how, how so? Well, it, it, there was a requirement um, that I have weekly blood tests, mm. which I wasn't aware of. Uh, and so I turned up. I didn't have 
I hadn't had a blood test, and that's not great for the schedulers it's not and great for anyone, for really. anyone, but particularly you. No, no, no one had told you. No one had told me. No, I I knew that I had to have one for the first session, mm. but I didn't think they're not going to want blood tests weekly. Surely mm. it's too quick. But mm. I was wrong. They did so. It could have been. I mean, it would have been bad, but not you know terribly bad. But the way that it was handled was not great and, you know, it was a busy day in the area and people were flat out. And Uh, staff were not happy. Staff weren't happy. They were not happy with me, which made me a little indignant because I felt a little that it wasn't exactly my fault. A little aggrieved. I was aggrieved. Yes, yes. I was aggrieved. And it it really just set set the whole tone basically of the of the session because the next kind of thing that came along and I, I I mean this is probably just you know sod's law really but you know it just felt like there's a there's a special kind of hell that is when things start to go wrong in healthcare. Okay, yeah. the second thing that 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 happened was that I, I had a pick line at one of those special drips I had a pick line and it needed to have the dressing done which I'd had to that point I'd had done at the time when I was having my chemo and it seemed to work quite well. But I just happened to fall into the period between when they had, when they were doing that routinely and when they were changing their process to asking people to go down to pathology to get the PIC lines done so that they weren't mm-hmm. having them done up in the day centre. Of course, I wasn't aware of that. No. So then there's, have you had your dressing done? Well, no, no. I haven't. No. Well, and so I failed the test. Oh, that's the second test. Second test I failed. Second test yes. I failed. So, so you know, I'm here thinking, Glenda, connected care, mm. classic falling mm. through the cracks, mm. through mm. no fault of your own. No, no. And they're only little things too, you know, they're not, they're not big things. But they they're... had a big impact. Yes, yes, yeah. So the consequence of those two things taken together meant that, you know, I ended up spending uh, six hours there rather than two. Oh, is that right? Mm. And, uh, you know, it's a long time in those chairs and... I don't think anyone was happy with me. No. Well, <laughs> so, I, I guess you weren't that happy either. No. I wasn't that happy either. No. That's true. That's true. So I, I would say that's, you know, I'm probably blessed in a way, but that was easily the worst the worst day that I've, yes. I've, I've had. Yes. And, and I do suspect that it was a different team of people and they weren't connected in the way that I'd seen other teams working together because I've been, by and large, really impressed mm. with with the people working in that area that they've worked so well together but but this group weren't like that and you could feel it yes in the in the air isn't that interesting oh yeah i guess you could see it yes and you could feel it yes so uh and and it impacts you know i guess staff may not think mm, about this but mm. you're sitting there it must it must impact on anyone Mm. sitting in that chair Mm. observing that's right that atmosphere. Yes, yeah. and the people sitting next to you who mm. are looking at what's happening mm. and, and making of that what they will. Yeah. And it, it's, it was the only time too that I've struck there where I've struck, you know, staff, you know, in a very jokey way but in a way that's not really that funny, making jokes about other teams within their own. Oh. So, so disparaging people and... and it, in this particular case, disparaging uh, one of the nurses who who's looked after me a number of times, and I've I've struck him as being, well, in, in my assessment, you know, a highly competent 
very pleasant mm. person and I was surprised to hear them making fun of him as being a, a pedant, basically. Oh, well, you see, mm, yeah. <laughs> never be an overachiever with some groups, Glenda. Yes. I think we know that in healthcare, yeah. don't we? <laughs> we yes, do, yes. we he, do. Heaven forbid he could, yeah. be, he could be competent and kind yeah. and a high achiever, goodness yes. gracious. Yes, yes. But, it, you know, I felt badly because I thought, oh, you know, other people might who don't know him will take that on we'll board. We'll make judgments based on that. And and secondly, not so professional, folks. No, not so professional. No, no. Yeah. and doesn't fill you with confidence. I mean, you you sit no. there, you, you get it, mm. you know mm. it. Mm. But if you're not from health and you listen to that, mm. I think it would be really really mm. stressful to mm. hear people mm. talking about their mm. colleagues like. Yeah, that was not great. No, it was no. not great. No, no, and these are all the things. We don't always think about when, mm. we, when we think about care, mm. Mm. but they make a big difference, don't they? Oh, that yeah. huge difference, yeah. huge difference. When you're in the chair or in the bed, it makes an enormous difference. Yes, yeah. So, so we, on the one hand, we could say that's mm. great because you haven't had any adverse events, yep. and, you know, yep. that you know of, and, yeah. and, 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 <laughs> yes. and, and you know, things have gone along relatively mm. as they were mm. meant to, and yet. And yet, yeah. and, and yet, and yet. Actually, I was going to just sort of say too about, I think the last time that we spoke, we talked a lot about um, the importance of your frontline staff yes. as being the, the point of contact and how that had been a bit hit and miss for me. So I think in, in the last six weeks, I've had some, a few really notable miss, misses. And I think because we'd had the conversation, I was paying more attention to how others uh -huh. were being treated and seeing just again and again, you know, the difficulties of just not being looked at, not being acknowledged, um, being blamed when uh, appointment scheduling had gone awry. Or um, blood tests got or missed. Blood tests missed, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, people in wheelchairs. And this is, you know, until you've sat in the wheelchair and realised that the desk is actually positioned in such a way that you're talking to a wall. Mm. Um, of course. And, you know, Glenda, I've never thought about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the high desk, it's fine to leave, you lean your arms on when you're standing, but when you're sitting in a wheelchair... And you're looking up, then... At the yeah, 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 yeah. If you can see over if, the top. If you can see them, yeah. Over the top, yeah. So those kinds of things have been really it's sticking out for me a lot more and to, to the extent that I thought, okay, well, I'm going to... I obviously need to give some feedback to the health service. Not about individuals. Mm, no. Because I don't think any of this is about the individuals. Mm -hmm. I think this is all to do with the way they've got themselves set up and the way they're supporting their staff. And, and then just yesterday I had an appointment and I had the best experience of frontline staff and they had, some, <laughs> so they had some new people on board mm. there were some happy faces around and I was struck by one of the new faces in particular who was particularly cheery and there was something about her that made everyone else laugh mm. and smile and so they were they were flat out they yeah. were just going like the clappers but somehow it was going smoothly and when I sat down to wait their call system you know, goes bing 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 when the new number comes up and I noticed that they were they were putting through patients like nothing on earth so it was flat out mm -hmm. the place was full everything was sort of stacked against them and yet they were working well together and the place was you know operating really it was, it was humming it was absolutely humming and I thought oh they did they're obviously just like in that sweet spot yes. where you know you, you've got you know, people enjoying what they're doing, enjoying being with their work colleagues and, and with the 
with patience. And perhaps enjoying the challenge. Not, perhaps. oh, we're full mm-hmm. today, oh, oh no, mm. but we can do this yes. together. Yeah, 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 I was impressed. I was really impressed. So That is good to hear. It was good to hear because I've got something else to put in my letter now to, yes. to, to them. That, Balance it up a little bit. That, that says, okay, well, this, <laughs> yes. is, this, is what, what, this is what good looks like. And, so, and you, know, yeah. you know, Glenda, when you say that, it just reminds me of you mm. know, everything we talk about with complex systems, that it is every bit as valuable to identify and learn from mm. the things that go well, you know, not constantly focus on the yep. things that don't. They're both incredibly important mm. because if that health mm. service decided to unpack that, mm. what made that a great experience? Mm. What made them so good mm. yesterday? Yes. I'm yep. sure they could learn an awful lot, some mm. of which, perhaps not all, because it may be the individuals, but some of which I'm sure could be transposed yeah. and, and spread. Absolutely. Actually, it's interesting. I've been, there's been a few colleagues that I've been talking to over recent weeks and people ask for advice about work too mm. as much because still got some connections to mm-hmm. work. Someone asked me, you know, how, how did you do X, Y or Z? And, and, and I responded saying, look, you know, I'm not special. All I did was look at people who were doing things well and copy them, <laughs> which is true, you which know, is true. You know, Glenda. You should have said, well, unfortunately, that's my secret and I can't share it with you because <laughs> only I know how I Only I know how. <laughs> and I ain't sharing. I'm special, that's right. <laughs> I'm very special. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. the correct answer. Yeah. But it's true, though, it's isn't true. it? It's true. It's and true. And how easy it is, is that just to copy? Yes. And and you have always said that. Mm. You've always said that mm. to me and mm. uh, I think you, you've been a master at it mm. in, mm. A, in a very, very clever way. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Quite proud of it. Yes, yes, yes. Why reinvent, which we like to yes. do constantly yeah, just in health, coffee. don't we? What then is the difference between the good staff and mm. the great staff, given yeah. what you've just been saying? Okay. This is something that I've, that I've thought a bit about too. And, and trying to put your finger on it is actually quite difficult at times. But there is something in the combination of competence, so, so skills, yep. and knowledge and then there's the, the, the something else, sort of the secret sauce, if you like, which is the recognition, I think, of the individual, so the, the patient as individual, and the, the ability to meet uh, or seek to meet the needs of the individual in a particular setting. So, and I don't mean anything particularly highfalutin, but one example, I think, that, that I saw there was a, a very nice, um, very polite, pleasant person who who I didn't particularly bond with or anything. It wasn't, we did, wasn't a match made in heaven or anything like that. But, but he was really competent, a different he, I might add. He knew what needed to happen. He spoke to me about what needed to happen and he asked for my input into what I thought about that as a plan. And then we got to sort of the the end of the conversation and he he said, and I've organised, he said, we're going to put you in this chair over here. And it was a chair by the window. And they are coveted chairs, my friend. They are coveted chairs. <laughs> I bet. And Prime real estate. Yeah, I, I had not gotten near them. And he said, it's, <laughs> he said no, it's, he said, it's self-evident. He said, you're here all day. So why would we not? He thought about mm, it. He yeah. thought about it, yeah. yeah. And so that's a really little example, and I'm sure there are many examples sort of writ large, 
by and large, the, the people that I've dealt with um, with chemo have been, and the radiotherapy people as well, similarly, uh, are operating at a pretty high level. Yep. So when you see the exceptions, they really stand out. And so yes. that's probably why that exception that I gave before mm. really stood out. stood out. It was really not such a big deal mm. one way or another, but, but in comparison to the general standard in this area, in this, in this particular unit, yep. did stand out. So, yeah, it's bringing together all of those things in a way that's not forced uh, and in a way that's, that is quite authentic. Yeah, you, you can get overdone with the uh, caring and the dolls and the loves and the... Yeah, the, care, uh, the, care, yeah. the dolls and the loves. Yeah. Oh, you know, I, I guess there are equivalents in other countries, mm, but mm. we can overdo those, can't we? We really we, can. We, we really are masters of the universe when it comes yeah, to... Yeah, yeah. I, I just imagine, Glenda, that mm. you're not that fond of being called dull or love mm, not not thrilled no no no, no. no I, I i don't because it's just so widespread you can't begrudge anyone but um i'd prefer not mm. but there is there is a propensity i think to to put on the sort of show that you think that a patient might expect Wants or might expect and 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 that's based on views of what nurses are and how nurses are yes so there are there are people who over empathize and this is probably what I'm saying about the balance, about um, just having the right balance of, you know, empathy and caring so that it doesn't feel like you're being swaddled. Or patronised. Or patronised, yeah. So this isn't easy. No. It's not easy no, to get no, this balance. And no. I, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you and thinking how much of it is personality. Mm. You know, if, if, you, if you've got a person who, like the guy who said, that's your chair today. Mm, 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 just thought mm. about it. Obviously, a thoughtful person. Mm. You know, I've, this is what I struggle with. You know, to what extent can you make the naturally non-thoughtful person thoughtful? And to compensate, do mm. they then tend to go overboard, mm. and it, then it, it, it strays into patronising? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's actually probably. I mean, that's a good question, and maybe some of the patronising behaviours that we see are actually a consequence yeah. of this. I, I don't know. I, it's no. just something I've thought about watching people. Yes, I. I don't know that I have the answer to that other than to say that I don't know that we've really cracked the, um, the issue about being able to gauge or being able to assess where a person is at and being able to calibrate your responses in such a way that it, it addresses their needs in that moment. Yes. And... We might talk about this now or later, yes. but we, we did talk about person-centredness. Yes, well, let's, let's do it now while so, we're there. We, we um, seem to have landed. So, uh, yeah. so let, what, what, what is person-centredness, really? Yes, yes. Well, that's an easy question to answer, Kathy. I'm glad you asked. Well, away you go. <laughs> <laughs> I can't answer it, no. really. It, but it, it's, it's tremendously difficult, and it's the biggest onion in the world, oh, isn't it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, the, well, there are probably a few layers I can claim. And, and that might be the first layer, in fact, is that being able to gauge where people are at, you know, in their life, in their, in their world, the community, at least having in your mind that that is an element that you need to consider mm. is even a step in that direction, even if you have trouble identifying it yourself. So is that something that makes you stop and think about, as you said before, mm. this person as a unique individual? Mm. It seems to me that 
that's an incredibly difficult thing to do in the busyness mm. and stress mm. and rush and complexity mm. and mm. risk yes. of the environment. And yet you have said over and over and over in many different ways mm. that that is of central importance. Well, I think, I think it is. Yeah. Of course it is. Try as I might and much greater mm. minds than mine, mm. fortunately, are thinking yeah. about this. I don't know how we intersect those two things. I do wonder that we manage incredibly complex relationships across a range of dimensions in our lives. And and most of us, by and large, get it, do a pretty good job. Yeah. Exceptions don't, but mm. let's focus on the ones who do. And, and by and large, we do manage to wrangle a whole lot of very tricky setups. So I, I wonder whether perhaps we overthink what is required. Yeah. In that, and and I think if if you were to be serious, you know, if we were to talk about this now and go to a health service and say this is what we need to focus on, I, I can guarantee we'd have a whole lot of people working on a checklist in no time at all that would be telling us, you know, these are the things to look for, and and I wonder whether that doesn't both at the same time sort of paradoxically, you know, simplify the simplify it but make it a, a whole lot harder. Yes. So I I wonder whether. You know, and this is this is about a little bit about you know recognizing your own humanity and recognizing the humanity of the person that's in front of you, and taking off the mask mm. perhaps mm. of yes. uh, this mask of clinician or receptionist mm. or whatever yeah. it is, and that's going to guide how I'm going to react. Mm. We're not going to solve this today, but no. is it is some of it's recruiting for people who have. Yeah. Perhaps more of an instinct around this, mm. particularly frontline, but of course you mm. can't do that with every clinician. Mm. It's impossible. Mm. And, you know, even where we've tried, we know mm. the influence of an organisational culture mm. uh, on, on people with the best will in the world, you know. Yeah. So part of it is individuals, part of it is culture, isn't it? Part of it's the way work is set up. You know, to me, it, it seems like a, it has to be sort of a, a whole of organisation solution to get to the point where you have humanity in those face to face interactions. Yeah, someone suggested robots. Yes. <laughs> who could that have been? <laughs> who could that have been, Kathy Baldwin? <laughs> Bring them on, I say. Uh, and sorry to all the clinicians out there who are now shaking their fists at me. Oh, yes. Yeah, it was Kathy. All Kathy. Uh, 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 Nothing uh, to do with me. I told her, I told her she was wrong. Well, well thank you. <laughs> well, thank you very much, yeah. my friend. Only because I, I acknowledge the difficulty of mm. it. So patient-centeredness so that, is a yeah, bit of a slippery beast. It is a bit of a slippery beast, and, and that's, it's kind of part of it. It's kind of part of it. And I think one of the other, the other parts about it too, and I think is, is the recognition of, you know, in a, in a patient-centered relationship, the, the relationships are key, I think, which is kind of what we're talking about here. But the, the relationships need to be relationships that are founded on trust, authenticity, and openness and honesty those kinds of those kinds of things and that's kind of a two-way street so and particularly the authenticity you know I think we kind of need to get past the I'm playing the role of patient and you're playing the role of whoever you happen to be that's it that's that's interesting yeah yeah so so everything you've just described mm. has to come from both parties yes 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 it's not this is not a one way no one way no. thing. So let me ask you this. Mm. How do we do that with the power differential? Ah, yes. Well, I think that we don't do that with the power differential at the moment. I think for starters, we 
from my perspective, the power is sitting entirely with the patient. And that's because I'm, I'm the patient. I think this is, I'm the patient, this is my life. Yes. All of the power is with me. Should be with me. Should be. Should be with me. Should be. Yeah, and we have a very benevolent way of applying power in healthcare. That's why we've been doing it for this way for so for so long. Centuries, but, really. but really, you know, the power sits with the clinicians, but also the organisation. Mm. Sits with the receptionist, does it not? Yes, if the receptionist decides that. Yeah. He or she can't be bothered today. Mm. That has a huge mm. impact yes. on you, but they yep. have the power to decide that. Yes, indeed. I mean, one, one part of it, and one part of it starting to emerge already perhaps is some patients are starting to exert their power. So as patient, patients are increasingly using other information sources mm. that they're coming and coming to clinicians with, and, and, and in fact, you know, many clinicians would say they actually enjoy working with patients who are coming and interested because it demonstrates an engagement yes. that it's not a passive process yes. for them. Yes. So, so there is something that there, there is attractive about that yes. for... Um, for some clinicians. For and, some, perhaps, and I imagine some clinicians don't like it very much. Mm, yeah, I think there will be yeah. a few that don't like it yeah. much. And there'd be a, a few that would find it threatening. It may well be that the organisations, and it may well be that we find these alliances between, well, between patients and clinicians again the organisation because the organisation's got some processes and yes. systems and structures in place that are running against that. Yes, which so, is another layer of the onion, is it yes, not? Yes, yes, so it's, it's, it's tricky stuff. Mm. But, but, you know, I hark back to what you say all the time. It's incredibly tricky and yet at some point mm. we, if we overcomplicate it, we'll never, ever get mm. to where we need, need to, to get. Go. Yeah. I think if you, ex you know, experimenting with change is always fun. But experimenting with small, uncomplicated change and seeing what you can do, you know, if you strip everything back to the simplest you possibly can and working incrementally like that mm. might get you some direction or it might need some sort of cataclysmic kind of industrial kind yes. of change yes. to yeah. you know, this is where the robots this do come. This is where the robots come in. They do <laughs> yes. come, yes, yeah. 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 While we're on that, I'm curious to know what expectations you feel staff have of you as a patient. You, you said before something about mm. playing the role of the patient. Mm, mm. Do you feel that staff expect you to do that or expect you not oh, to do that? Oh, they expect you to do it all right. They do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about that. Well, that, I preface this by saying this is my experience. Sure. But you know, you know that they, they expect you to behave a particular way when you don't behave in that way. Is that when you find out? Yes. And and it might be that just that they'll, you know, laugh and be entirely on your side and, you know, totally supportive. Uh, but but more often as not, it's a little bit of a sit back in the seat and you, you see a little bit of shock, or a little bit of surprise. Can you give us an example? Oh, uh, yes. Yes, I can give you an example. And it was a, without wanting to go into too much specifics, I had cause to have a conversation with a young doctor recently who was given the task of talking to me when I was not particularly happy with something. And I can just imagine everyone saying, she's not happy a lot, but mostly I'm happy. Mostly I am happy, but occasionally things don't go quite the way I'm expecting them to. I imagine, Glenda, that perhaps you are more comfortable saying or showing when... Mm. 
you're not happy mm. compared to a lot of patients who would not be comfortable doing that and still feel unhappy yes but don't say anything don't yes. show it because they're afraid yes or they don't know how to express it or whatever that might be and, sure. and i guess i can't see that you'd be any more unhappy than anyone else it mm. might just be that you're way better at expressing yes that is true but i i would add to that too that despite that and one would think that i would be someone who would be absolutely on the front foot. That's not true. Mm. It's not true because uh, because of the power of the role that you take on as patient. I, I I do think that I am more obviously more outspoken than other patients. But you know, if we, if you were to look at it on a continuum, I don't think I'm right up at the end. Okay. Not by any stretch of the imagination. So is that because? of the expectations of the staff that you play a role, do you think? Uh, well, no, I don't want to put that on them. I think it's that's a, I can only take that on as a choice that I'm making myself. It's reinforced. I mean, you get some positive reinforcement by being the, the good patient, and that's always nice to mm. be have people think you're wonderful. Yeah. Um, now, I've interrupted your story. I'm terribly, no, that, terribly no, sorry that's, about that. No, that's okay. We'll, so, we'll, so we'll just loop back to that. We will that. loop so, back, yes. We'll loop yes. back to the story. So... A young doctor had to come and talk to me when I wasn't particularly happy. And, and he really, in a difficult position, I didn't know him from Adam. He didn't know me. Was, he'd just been plonked in this placate the lady um, job. Uh, so more power to him. Anyhow, he launched into, you know, a fairly perfunctory kind of explanation of this and that. He'd sort of not gotten too long into his fairly perfunctory uh, description of things. And I just, I put my hand up, just put my hand up in front and just sort of said, I'm going to stop you there. And then said, I need to understand these things. Please tell me about that. And he picked up on that cue very quickly. I don't know whether it was the hand in front of his face. He, he did pick up on that fairly quickly. And from that point, we had a fairly sensible conversation really about, about what, what had happened and why it had happened in a particular way and what I should read into that or not. And I've forgotten what we were actually... No, oh, well, we're talking about you playing the role of the patient and when you don't. You well, so when I didn't, that was actually quite a good reaction. Yes, it, it, it seems like that worked out. It worked out really well. Mm. And in fact, the other thing too that was really interesting about that, I had to acknowledge in the course of the conversation with him that, that my reaction was likely to be a little bit paranoid and feeling a little bit paranoid because, you know, this is a life-threatening condition. Well, it's a life-limiting condition. It's not threatening. It's just limiting. I was concerned that, that what had happened was an indication that people had lost hope. That was what was going on in the back of my mind. So I was actually honest with him. So I took a risk in being honest and said, actually, what's going on here for me is it feels to me. And I said, I acknowledge that this is about the feels, mm -hmm. but it feels to me like something's changed and that there isn't the hope that I'm going to get the time that we thought we that I might. Mm -hmm. And that's what's got me really worried. Mm -hmm. right. And with that, he said, oh, well, he said, no, this happens a lot. Mm -hmm. This happens a lot for people. And, you know, uh, my experience working here, 
you know, not that his experience was terribly long, I can mm, tell. Yes. You know, baby teeth and all. <laughs> Fresh young thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, he, you know, my, you know the, that we often do this for a range of reasons, blah, blah, blah. Right. And it doesn't mean what you think. Yes. And I thought, now, there was an inf interesting inf piece of information that I could have Wouldn't done with before. that have been helpful? There's the information yes. that goes in the brochure. If it happens all the time or a lot. Yes. Yes. Wouldn't it yes. be great to have yeah, something, yeah, yeah, as you say, yeah, in the yeah. brochure? You mm. may find... Mm. Anyhow. At this stage, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, the, the consequence of that was too that he actually shifted again. He responded very well because he said, "I don't know what you're experiencing. I don't know what you're, no. you know. I, but this is what I can tell you." Blah right. blah. So 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 that's a, a positive experience of yeah. not playing the mm. patient role. Have you had any negative experiences of not playing what might be an expected role in a situation? Yeah. Oh yeah, I've had people talking about me. But, oh, yeah, 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 where um, you can see them whispering together. Yes. Oh, yes. Not that, quite that, as that, subtle, perhaps, no, as it might no, be. No, 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 not quite as no, subtle. No, no, we're not, um, not known for our subtlety no, in healthcare, are we? No, no it's, it, it's more the non-verbals, I think. It's, ah. You see that sort of the raised eyes or the yes. um, the just, just to be ignored, too. That's I've had that happen where I've asked for a particular thing and that just looked at me blankly That's like... That's not in the script. yeah. Not in the script, just mm. not even, we're not even going there. So no. Those kinds of things. Yeah. So it's more schoolyardy, if you like. Yes, mm. it is. Mm. You have said this to me, Glenda, and I would like to explore it a little now. Mm -hmm. You're not a consumer. Ah, yes. I'm not a consumer. Well, not of healthcare. No. No. It, unless you want to extend healthcare to include, you know, like a uh, beauty regime, then I'm not a consumer. So, so consumerism's got like it's got the language of the market about it in a, in a way that I I don't know that all of our interactions are market interactions in life. You know, for for me to be a consumer, there's some assumptions that sit with that, and and one of the assumptions in the role of consumer is that you have some choice in where you go and to whom you go, etc. And I'm very happily using our public health system, which means those choices are not there for me. I'm, I'm not unhappy about mm -hmm. that because I'm not a consumer. So I don't, I don't have any expectation of making decisions about what hospital I might go to or what doctor I might see. So there's those kind of choices that you, don't, you do have as a consumer, you don't have as a patient. They're enough about you know, understanding what the product is for consumers need products or services, but understanding exactly what they are in such a way that you can judge one from the other. Mm. I might have that to some extent about some elements, but in terms of the clinical stuff, no, I don't yeah. have. I, not, I, not I cannot judge with your background. No, not even not not with not even with my background. There's no way I could make any judgments on those calls. So it, it's that kind of dynamic that I think is different. And, and they're all really, I mean, this is all health economics and you set it out with health economics and you talk about, you know, why the market fails yes. in, in healthcare. Yes. And it's for these reasons and it's for the same reasons that I, I don't see myself as a consumer. I, I don't know that patient is necessarily any better word than client. I don't well, of course like I'm to, going to ask you that. Yeah. Aren't, aren't I? I mean, you know, we've been, you know better than I do, Heavens, mm. you do. Mm. We've been grappling with these mm. words yes. for a very long, long time. time. Stop grappling. Just stop grappling. Yeah. 
Yeah, because we don't have it right. Find yourself a sentence. Find yourself a sentence that says all of these words mean the same thing for the purposes of this document. Yes. In this case, I'm going to use the word client, consumer, patient, yeah. whatever. Oh, that heavens. There we that, go. That brought out the bureaucrat. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does. I, 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 I was hoping you were going to give us a solution. Yeah, well, there we go. That's yeah, it. That's it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but seriously, there was a period of time when I went really looking. I went scrounging through the dictionaries yeah. to find out, you know, where have these words come from? Yeah. What, what are the nuances of difference, etc.? And it was really looking at client and patient, I think, with the, the comparisons. And it was about the notion of agency and that there is agency that's applied in the word client that yes. is not in the word patient, yes. which goes to the power stuff that we were talking about before. Does. You know, that there's... But this is my, my struggle with this, is that using consumer has not changed that power differential one iota no. as far as I can see. No. Now, it's not it, – we have to try. I get that. I totally get mm. that. And language is very powerful, of course. We understand mm. that. But I don't think we've nailed it. Or I, I think perhaps that track is not taking us where we need to go. To go yeah. oh. it's, it's got to be something that specifically addresses the power differential in mm. such a way that it disrupts it. So maybe we need a new word. A new word. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> there you go. I'll leave a that portmanteau with you. of something. I'll leave that with a you. A clipat or... <laughs> I reckon. I haven't, a client. Having no, thrown, uh, thrown down yeah. that challenge, I suspect I might get an email from you <laughs> at some point with the answer. Oh, perhaps perhaps one of your <laughs> listeners might like to. Oh, absolutely. You should have it as a competition of the year. I, I would be more than happy to hear from anyone. But, but you know, it's. I know it's not from want of trying and I know no. it's not from want of good intent. I t completely acknowledge yeah. that. But I don't see the power differential shifting as a consequence of using that language. No, and I, I wonder whether that's not a terrible burden to hang on a single word. I suspect it's probably too much pressure. Yes. And the other thing, of course, is that deeds speak louder they than do. words. They but do. But how do you how do you get there? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was only halfway flippant about the um, find your sentence that includes everything and then just say this is um, it this is it only because it, it's just such a silly discussion when you end up having it you're having you're having the same discussion this discussion's always with true believers who who are saying this we've, we've got to nail this we've got to nail this we'd never nail it no let's let's give it a rest let's let's just give it a rest for 10 years yes yes <laughs> and perhaps something will emerge so i guess just to round up mm -hmm. uh, glenda in essence if you were writing the book on how to give the people you serve in your health <laughs> service the experience they need, what are the words that spring to mind for you or what, what would be the key themes in the book or the chapter headings? Yeah, probably be the softer sort of words, I guess. So there's a lot of the stuff that we've talked about has really been about thoughtfulness and actually thinking about what is required with less reliance on a checklist or, you know, a recipe for, for what people might need. I like the notion of more realistic relationships between people. Not realistic, realistic's not the right word, but more authentic relationships between people. And, and I don't mean that you have to share your innermost secrets, but less reliance on the role, the role and playing the role 
and a stronger reliance on just being a human being and allowing other people to be human beings as well. They would be they would be things that you know you can think about and you can approach any day of the year, um, any time, mm-hmm. in any way. Yeah. And it doesn't take extra resources. It doesn't take extra resources. It, it just requires that you think about this and that you come at it in a a different way. That you're you're actually prepared to think about how this has affected your practice and what you might do differently. Mm-hmm. And if you have trouble with that, then you can always look at the people that you think are doing it really well and just copy them. Yeah. I mean, kindness, I know kindness is, is getting a run at the moment in that, you know, there's a lot more conversation about kindness and compassion than there, there has been in a long time. If, if, as, if there ever was a conversation about kindness in healthcare, I don't know that there has been, actually. It comes up when mm. I do the work. As you know, I do a lot of work with people defining high-quality mm. care. Mm. And when I put people in a situation where they're thinking about someone they love mm. at the mercy of a hospital far, far mm. away that they can't do anything about, kindness is one of the first mm. things they yep. make for that person yep. over and over. Yep. And please, I hope those people are being kind. Because, yes, it breaks your heart, doesn't it, to yep. see a loved one not treated yes, well? Yes, completely, yes. You know, whether it's in a shop or a restaurant or anywhere, where, anywhere at yeah. all, it's, the, yes. Yeah, yes. it's a real awful thing yeah i mean of course mm. we want technical skill mm. of course we want the right treatment with the yeah. right outcomes yeah. of course yeah. don't harm yeah. them you know don't let yeah. them fall through the cracks but i to me kindness is is the thing that lifts all of that up, up. i agree and i should say that the fact that that competence didn't spring to my lips first time around is not because i don't think it's not important i was going I to ask about that. no it's, that's, let's <laughs> I just know take, you do. <laughs> take it take it as a given yes, yes. it's a given that 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 that, that competence and skill are absolutely critical yes. to all of this because you don't want to be lovely to someone and you know <laughs> just kill them <laughs> no no we'd rather not no definitely no no, no they, looked, well, they yeah. looked at me lovingly as i gave me the wrong medication exactly yeah. exactly i've talked to some clinicians and they've talked about you know rolled their eyes about the whole kindness thing and saying i don't care you know how kind they are as long as they're competent and and i appreciate where they're coming from I don't think the two things are mutually exclusive. I don't think so either. Except as a except as an excuse for not being as good a person as you could be. Yeah. Could we change the conversation, do you think, where competence and kindness were sort mm. of the, the, the twin towers yeah. of the people we admire most? Mm. Wouldn't that be amazing? But it's any sort of social movement, um, it's going to take some time. It is. I think yes, it, mm. it, it, it mm. certainly is, but we have to keep moving in that direction yes. because it's easy enough mm. to get distracted. Mm. There's mm. so many mm. things to distract. I us know. I see the in the lifts they have the little flashing panels of things that are going on, and yes. it feels like every time yes. I go in there, the flashing things are just going faster and faster and faster. <laughs> And I feel sorry for the people because I think, how many things have you got to worry about? Yes, precisely, precisely. Wouldn't it be nice if kindness flashed subliminally yes. in between each of those? Yes. <laughs> That's what we need. Well, wouldn't we it We be... haven't thought enough about technology, you know. No, yes. we haven't. Yes. Ah, yes, okay, we, we better put we our mind to that. Yes. Well, the other thing is too, you know, as a message to bureaucrats too, is just have a think about what the impact of every little piece coming together is in the health service you know how do you we're asking an awful lot oh, geez, of we, people we do we yeah. ask an awful lot of people mm. yes 
and, yeah. and, and we're not taking anything away. No. We just keep adding. What I have to add is my sincere thanks. It just has been eye-opening, fascinating, sad. Mm. But you have given us a way forward. Mm-hmm. You've given us hope that things <laughs> can be great. Mm-hmm. And my hope for this is that people listen to your experiences and think, right, yeah. we can do something about this. Wouldn't that be lovely? Even if we're, we think we're fabulous now, we can be fabulouser. Mm. That's what I would love. Yeah. And I, yeah. I suspect that there will be some people out there up for that challenge. You know, I, there, there's a really hard balance to, to walk and, and that's the balance between pride and hubris. I think that there is a lot for our healthcare workers in our system to be truly proud of. I, I really do. And, and I'm the beneficiary of, of that. I've had a few things, not the not so ideal, but on the whole, it's a great system. Yeah. It is a great system and I'm very, very lucky. Yes. By the same token, we can always be better people. Yeah. So thank you very much for uh, recording my voice. My pleasure. And I'm, I'm glad to share. My pleasure. Thank you, Glenda.